We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown Weekend Edition. We are now on the 16th week, 16th episode of the Weekend Edition. You know, it's me and Andrew Spade. We'll get to our picks later, and we have a lot of bowl games to pick and a huge NFL slate. So if you're interested in that, stick around. It's actually pretty fun. A lot of weird bowls. And then we start to get into the good ones, but not quite there yet. Pick a lot of those, and then we do our NFL updates as well. So that's at the end. Uh, As we start every pod, I want to continue to thank you guys for the support we received through donations here at the end of the year. I think, again community driven building is what we're trying to do. This is the starting point of that. You guys have surprised us with your support. It's meaning, um, you know, especially at the holiday season, it's meaning a lot to us. And I do think this stuff is going to drive better podcasting, some things that we can do with that. So wanted to thank you guys again for that. And if you, if you're still interested and maybe you've missed it on the pods recently, there's a link to donate to the show and, 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 and again, hate doing it, uncomfortable doing it. But uh, I think that uh, as, as we step away from this, it is really going to help us and help us make this a better show for you guys and help form a great Browns community. I think that's where we're headed. I'm excited about it. Your guys' feedback has been really, really great. So thanks again for that. Uh, We jump in and we're going to talk about the all important Friday practices, Andrew. So we have a good bit of information on the Browns, not a ton quite yet because the Texans are obviously living an hour behind here. Uh, We'll see if that information comes in. I know that most of the Texans, if you listen to yesterday's show, I'd encourage you to go back and do so. Uh, Cody Stoops did a great job of filling us in on where the Texans are, who's going to play, what those look like. The two young rookies that are that are dominating for them uh, have had great years. Will Anderson, C.J. Stroud, trending toward not playing. I imagine that becomes official today. And then um, they didn't name uh, Andrew. It was kind of surprising. They didn't. They, they said they're going to play the quarterback that gives them the best chance. It sounded from Cody like they were surprised. Case Keenum is who they went with last week. I'd imagine they keep that up this week. But when you look at how the Browns play, it's not a very good matchup for Case Keenum. I'm interested to see if they don't switch it up a little bit. I know that they brought in Tim Boyle. I don't expect that, but maybe a maybe a Davis Mills thing. I, I, I don't know. But but it's not a great situation for them to be in, as we have been very familiar with on the Browns side this year, the difficulties that come with playing a backup quarterback. We'll see what they ultimately do. But I found that quote just to be a little interesting. They haven't really named their starting quarterback yet. I, I just would imagine it ends up being Keenum. But uh, they're, they're going to play... Uh, Laramie Tunzel will play at left tackle. It seems like Jimmy Ward will clear. The concussion protocol stuff has been very interesting. feels like most guys are clearing this thing in a week, and it's pretty ironic that that's happening at the end of the year. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's very hard not to be suspicious of that. It's very hard not to assume that that's for nefarious reasons, and Mm -hmm. I think we agree on that. I think, yeah, health-wise, the Texans are one of the teams that's close to in the neighborhood of being as beat up as the Browns are. It was tough last week watching – the practice week go on and the bears it's like nothing to report here. Everybody feels pretty good. (laughs) And, and the Browns are guys are falling left and right. So not that I'm rooting for injuries ever, but it does feel a little bit more of an even playing field, especially obviously with the CJ Stroud piece. And I think what you would expect just big picture in a game like this is this should be the, what, what I kind of am hoping my my angle on this is that this is the Browns having more depth and having a more complete roster than the Texans. And that that shows out over the course of a game. Uh, and, and obviously the quarterback is the part that's going to get the most conversation, but 
it's late in the season. Guys are banged up everywhere. So the fact that one team has a fairly complete roster and the other team is very much still in the building phases and and ahead of where you would have thought they would have been is I think puts the gives the Browns an advantage that I I hope will will play out on Sunday. You know the Bears. It felt like most teams recently were on this upward trend of health. Yes. Yes. And the Browns are just working on the downhill slide. So not that that creates, I mean, it could create some perceived advantages, but you never really know. You never want to mm-hmm. put cart in front of horse, especially when the Browns is, I think it's easy to get a little arrogant about the team, but you have to remember some of the things they are still working with. Any of those at any moment could come back to bite you. We saw that totally. actually for three quarters, come back to bite them last week. Yeah. The offensive and line just, couldn't block. Yep. And, and Joe was throwing it to the wrong team two out of those mm-hmm. three interceptions, but you just, I don't know. They they you know persevered and found a way, and that's largely what the Texan side is saying that they've been very much a persevere, find a way team with a more explosive offense with CJ. It's different with with Case, but they found a way to go into Tennessee and and, and beat them. Not that the game mattered a ton to Tennessee, but at, at the same time, like going in there with Case Keenum on the road and getting a win is a large feeling that the, the Browns community has about how their team has kind of done these gritty things. So we'll see if the Browns are able to sort of manifest the formula, right? Keep it, keep it going in the right direction. I know you and I would like to see a bit of a more comfortable win, given that the quick turnaround happens on Thursday. Right. But if I told you, Andrew, um, this, you know, earlier this year, the Browns could be nine and five and have games coming up against Case Keenum and probably Trevor Simeon or -hmm. Zach Wilson. Mm -hmm. You know, if I told you this before week one, you know, before Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, you're mm-hmm. probably like, good God, sign me up. And then so, Jake Browning. Yeah, that, that exactly. So like when mm-hmm. you look at it from that frame of mind, you're like, yeah, it's hard to be upset about anything they have going be, into this week. You'd be calling them 12 and five. You would be calling them 12 and five. So I think that that, again, I think that's probably where the players are sitting thinking like we have every chance to get there, take care of business, do their job as the, as the mantra is. And uh, I think they have a great chance to get there. We have to talk injuries, though, real quick. So formally on the Brown side, you get Joel Batonio, who's pushing to play, dealing with the back. He's questionable unless, you know, again, it's a back. It's unpredictable. I don't even want to try to predict it. You know, you get out. He tried to get out there and play a couple snaps last week. It was, it was done. I, w- I mean, just to me personally, I would rather Joel Batonio figure out a way to be healthier a little later if he's if he's feeling uneasy. Agreed. But- but but you know he only only you know and again bat you could wake up feeling good about the back one day and wake up Sunday feeling bad about it backs are unpredictable a little bit in that degree so yeah uh, we'll cross our fingers on Joel I thought it was also telling that Kevin Stefanski specifically pointed to the plane ride down to Houston as a mitigating factor for him so I I would love to know when Sounds you're like traveling a world trip right <laughs> exactly yeah. when you're traveling to, to to houston for example that's like what like a two maybe three hour plane ride something like that yeah it's down it's because houston's down way down in the southern it's part down south yeah. do you does now does he get like a does he get his own row can he lay down can he stretch out do they have a bed in there that he could because i think if i was tra- if i was doing air travel with a bad back i'd want to be horizontal right yeah, so nothing, i'm just wondering nothing would surprise me like for yeah. like a 14 year veteran can they accommodate that request and kind of give him like a massage table maybe get him some heat yeah kind of t- keep that thing loose for the flight and then kind of get him on the ground and, and go to work again but I, i'm just i'm curious about that or are they just jamming him and coach and being like take care of your luggage pal well jimmy might send him down there on the old pilot pj send him down on his own plane there you just, go. Just, just have hyper, him laying on the floor with hyperbaric a, chamber with a foam roller. Yeah. yeah. They're just mm-hmm. gonna they're gonna send him down. He's gonna be taken care of the whole way down there. Yeah. Carbon footprint, no big deal, right? You can tell we've both had back issues in our lives because we're talking about this like people that know yeah. the struggle. The struggle is that that it just it, there are a few things that suck more. Like they're just miserable when yeah, they you're when completely they strike. Powerless. Yeah. yeah I can't imagine trying to play football. Yeah, just down on one knee. You know, you, mm-hmm. it's like that tells you everything you need to know about a guy like Joel who doesn't like to come off the field almost at all. So uh, if there's anybody that, that, that deserves that veteran treatment, it is Joel, and I'm sure they're going to take care of him. Uh, guys who have been ruled out, uh, Jordan Kanasic has been ruled out, uh, Okoronkwo out, shrug your shoulders here, still no IR for him. They must think he's going to be able to play at it's some a gamble. point these next two weeks. It's a gamble, right? right? Yeah. But you definitely – if, if you can keep him around, you you want to keep you you want to keep that hope alive because sure. they will need him. If if you if week eighteen means something, the Browns need to win it. They will need that pass rush to be as good as it can be against that Bengals offensive line. Totally agree. Keep him around. He's got a chance. It's at least worth it. So 
He's out though already. And then two one uh, two names here that matter. So you have Juan Thornhill missing the game with the calf. Obviously, he didn't practice all week, so this is not a surprise. Then you have Anthony Walker, who was projected as limited for Wednesday, but then when they actually tried to get on the field, did not get on the field. And today, Stefanski mentioned that there's a possibility there could be a knee injury uh, surgery requirement happening here. So that's a big bummer. And the, and the reason we want to talk about this is because this is not a pass blame scenario. We're not trying to insinuate anything, but we are just looking at what's the trend. When we were talking about this before the show, here are players who have missed games because of things that have happened in pregame, which is extremely tough considering you prep that player, you get them ready in practice, you get them mentally prepared, and then they're out pregame. No contact, nothing, just, hey, he can't go, which Watson is the leader of this, right, of, of, of way back at the Ravens game. But Thornhill and Betonio have both, and, and Betonio was in, he got in a couple plays, but it was really a pregame thing, right? Mm-hmm. So those are your two pregame injuries, right? Thornhill was going to play in the Jags game, and then all of a sudden couldn't play. Something happened, tweaked the calf again. Now, we know he originally tweaked the calf in a game, but he had already come back, and then he was trying to continue playing, and then this pops up. And then here's your practice guys, right? So, you know, it sucks to get guys hurt in games, period. It's even worse to lose them pregame or lose them in practices. So they have lost Dwan Jones in a practice, a Friday knee injury. Friday, which is your lightest day, Friday. Anthony Walker was a Friday, if I recall, right? Lost him, right? It's appearing this direction at this point. And then Ty Inseki, the the was on the practice squad, but was a part of their tackle depth plan. The veteran also got hurt at practice. So we are not saying or accusing, but doesn't it, it, it does raise a level of concern about, are they going about this the right way? Is there something they can internally change to rectify this? It could just be bad luck, which, okay, cool. Not, not, not here to accuse them of being bad at their jobs. But I do think if I were internally with the Browns, like if I was somebody overseeing everything i'd be a little bit like let's talk to the training staff and figure out what the hell's going on here because this Mm -hmm. is again you lose enough players playing the war of the game yeah let alone when you're with your own teammates at practice or and you're you're going through the 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 prep to warm up so i think it's worth kind of drawing attention to especially those pregame because the, the calf is a soft tissue injury the back is obviously a soft tissue warm up type injury that feels like you could make a case. And again, we're not trying to find somebody to blame. We're just asking the question, but it does feel like you could make the case that guys are not warming up properly. They're not stretched out. They're not ready to go. A little more because, high knees. Can we get some high knees? Right. I, and I, I could not know less about what they do to get ready. I know it's incredibly involved and every player has their own routine. Well, back in your day, the same as mine, <laughs> I don't think we we're too far apart when, when you were playing ball. Like we, we came like high school became this, like, like you're sitting and stretching your sit stretch you'd lean to yep. the right leg lean to the left mm-hmm. leg pull the calf up do the different things stretch the quad then uh then in colleges it was like again uh, seven to ten those four years for me it was very much a dynamic stretch we're on the move we're moving getting the body moving doing a bunch of different things so i don't know a decade later now what they're doing but it just does beg the question of are you doing it the right way? I mean, is there something we're missing here? Should you get more band stretching going on for these guys at an earlier time in the day? Like what is, uh, what is happening here that's leading to this? And again, it could just be all bad luck. They're probably doing Absolutely. a lot of similar things to teams in the league, but when you're dealing with as many injuries collectively that are truly unlucky, these fringe ones that feel like, man, can that be avoided? You just kind of like, okay, maybe need some uh, performance review stuff going on here. And I'm sure they're going to try to analyze that this off season. I hope. Right, that's where this goes. Is you're not going to do anything different with it between now and the end of the season. But can things be a little bit different? Can things be a little bit tuned up for next year? Is there an opportunity for improvement? This isn't about passing blame. It's about figuring out ways they can get better because you can't. You just simply cannot absorb the number of injuries that the Browns have had and not ask these questions. It's not. It's not possible to just hand wave all of this away as bad luck. It's not. You cannot do that. You. You can. You could maybe land there and maybe Andrew Barry comes out at the combine and says, we looked at it and we're happy with everything we did. But I think it's more likely that they have some things in mind that they want to do differently, but it's going to be a process of getting there over the offseason. Yeah, like you said, it could very much be the case of uh, 
luck, right? That's very possible, but you can't, you're not allowed to view it that way, in my opinion, because if you view it that way, you're doing a disservice to trying to find a resolution to fix it. So I would say, uh, like they're, they're going to do some internal review. I, I think you got to pay attention to the fringe on this, Andrew, see if like they don't announce some of these moves, these d- team physicians or team different angles, right? Athletic yeah. trainers. But I think mm-hmm. we'll be kind of trying to, as, as, as much as we can, take a snapshot of what the staff looks like after the season and then try to see if any time during the offseason there's like a change in those things to see if they're trying to rectify. Because I think there, there needs to be some sort of accountability to this. And that doesn't mean firing people but we're going to keep our eye on it because that's one of the few things we can, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see some of that stuff change up a little bit. Is kind of what I'm, what I'm, what I'm hinting at, but it's hard to track. So it's hard to know. Right. Yeah. The, they, they actually, I think even last season didn't announce their front office moves, any sort of front office personnel at all. So it's harder every year to get a sense of who's going where, unless it's a big high profile hiring, somebody else hiring away a Glenn cook or something like that. But uh, no, I, I mean, I think, I think these these are all, all off-season questions, but the, the, they're going to be under the microscope because I think already, Jake, the narrative is where could this Browns team be without the injuries, which we've talked about before is not really a fair way of framing all of this because the team is playing really well and the injuries don't necessarily – have not made it harder for them to do what they want to do for the most part. So it would be unfair for, for this 9-5 and five football team to say without the injuries they'd be – 12 and three or whatever it would be, right? Like they were 12 and two. They would, they would not, I don't think that's the right way of looking at it, but I do think it will be a big part of the off season conversation is can they get and stay healthy for next year? Yeah. What can they do to change that? That would be, I I would expect them to do that. If they didn't do that, that would be concerning. Right. So uh, uh, just some updates as I see more things are coming out on the Texans, no Blake Cashman, a linebacker for them that they've liked this year. He's not at practice. Will Anderson, uh, will not be practicing them. They're, neither of them are at practice, so they're not going to play. There's no CJ Stroud, so those guys are not going to be making some miracle return. Nico Collins, he says, is warming up. He's set to practice, and they'd be surprised if he can't go on Sunday. Obviously, their best receiver outside of Tank Dell. Those two are 1A and 1B for them, so getting Nico back after missing last week does help them in that regard, but uh, otherwise, I haven't seen any other updates. I'd imagine nothing really changes from when we talked to Cody last night. So that's the update on the injury side. Uh, a little personnel nugget before we split over to the to the picks is that the uh, Chargers decided to let go of Sebastian Joseph Day, defensive tackle, that is um, of particular interest because of this time of year and being able to add something to your roster of meaning, especially at a spot where the Browns are a little bit shorthanded, could use one more body in my opinion. Uh, he played for the Chargers this year, 560 snaps, 25 pressures, three sacks. Those are solid, right? And if you're getting 321 pass rush snaps, I don't mind that at all. You get 18 stop tackles, 19 overall tackles. So at least a guy, a part of a rotation who could help you. Now the Browns put in a um, waiver, uh, ro- you know, wa- waiver claim on uh, Tier Tart, who ironically is in Houston. We'll see if he's going to play this week. There's a chance he could play for them if he's up to speed. But the Bengals also put in a claim. Obviously, the Texans had priority. The Browns' priority is a little bit rough, but I think I would expect uh, Jack Duffin notified us that he's set to make a little under a million, like 775000 the last two games, which is kind of a nothing burger for the Browns to cover that and into the playoffs if the season ultimately goes there. I, I mean, I would make a claim here. I'd be very interested, and I'm sure they will. I just don't know that the waiver wire's priority will, will give them a chance to do so. You know what I mean? Yeah, once the trade deadline passes, everybody who gets released has to clear waivers, and so the Browns are sort of at the mercy of other teams that are worse than them. And there are the problem for the Browns, really, with this specifically, is there are other teams that are in the wild card hunt. There's so many of them, right? You go all the way down to the Steelers and teams like that that are on the outside looking in, but still might might want one more piece. And or to so block there's gonna, that piece from going to some right, other place. Or, or, yeah, and the Browns are because they are nine and five. It's basically draft order at this point. The waiver wire is draft order, so the Browns are nine and five. They're at the end. I mean, they're going to be picking in the twenties if if their record and progress continues. Obviously, not the twenties because they don't own their own pick. But you know what I mean. The Texans so, will, ironically. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, it, it it's a it's a it's a possibility. I'm less excited about Joseph Day than I was about Tier Tart, just because. Joseph Day's got a little bit of that Chargers stink on him, and I'm not in a big hurry to get guys from that defense. Honestly, and I, I don't mean that it's nothing personal against the player, but 
that was an ugly situation there. And I wonder, I, I think the fact that a guy is getting outright released three games before the end of the year could indicate something about where he's at with that organization. He's not a bad player. So why is a team, unless they're just doing right by him, which is the other possibility, but there's, to me, there's a concern there because he was a Staley guy, right? Mm-hmm. He was, he, he came over from the Rams. So I, I just have some questions there about why that happened. And I'm not as clamoring, but he is fit wise would be a really great Maurice Hurst replacement. So from that perspective, I get it. I just think there's the TR Tart thing felt a little bit more clear cut to me, but I'll be interested to see how this one goes. And so I think because he gets, he got cut today, it won't get processed until Monday till after the, all these games. So we won't know until I, I don't know. Maybe they don't even have waivers on Christmas. So maybe Tuesday it'll be next week. We'd find out, I believe. Yeah, the other the, name the Bengals are down DJ Reader, so that right. That's a, that's hungry. a great point. So yeah, there's no way these fall into the Browns. Um, another name to mention is J- uh, Justin Houston, who got released by the Panthers, and he cleared waivers. Nobody claimed him, so he is a free agent. Which that is an interesting name to me from the standpoint that if you don't think Okoronkwo can get back, that that's almost a like for like replacement. They have a, a similar play style, similar body type. Obviously, Houston's a, a decorated veteran. If he gave you two, three games, if he, you know, if you brought him in and he got up to speed for the Jets, gave you the Jets, the Bengals, and the playoff game, that that's worth doing in my mind. Plus, another karma guy going back against the Ravens if they find their way there. You Great team call. them up with, Great team call. Them up with Joe. See if you can get mm-hmm. enough karma going in your direction. Never know. Can't have enough of those guys. So, uh, yeah, that's it. That's the injury front. I'd be interested in Houston, too, but maybe they're not as pressed for an edge as we think they are. As, uh, they haven't really given us that hint yet because I thought it would be – I honestly thought they might claim him, but nonetheless, it, it doesn't seem like they're as eager there. The, the, the play of Alex Wright recently has you know, calmed him down a little bit, so uh, that, that could be the case. But I think there's an addition looming. I, I, I don't think that they're done before the playoffs. So hopefully – Hopefully we can see them bolster in some way, maybe get a little pickup. You know, get a little a new body, new face in there, good player. You can get a little pick-me-up before the playoffs. Get a little juice. A little, a little extra juice. juice. Yeah, so, all right, that's the uh, that's the general open. We don't have a ton of other stuff to hit on is covering the injuries. I did want to get your opinion on the game, Andrew. I know we're going to pick the game here in just a bit, but uh, you're just your vibe on, on you know, traveling – it's weird. You, you feel good coming off two wins, but it's a road game and they haven't navigated these road games as well. But then on the other side of that spectrum is Case Keenum instead of a Matt Stafford or Russell Wilson. Right. So there's that element to it. Um, it's a weird one, dude. I, I, that, that's all I'll say is it, it has it has a like I feel this way, but should I feel this way vibe to it kind of game? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I don't feel confident that the road angle is the biggest reason why, but I do feel overall better about these matchups than I did about that Denver Rams stretch. I felt better about the Jaguars game, even with the Trevor Lawrence. Will he, won't he? I felt pretty good about the Bears game. Obviously, we know how that turned out. Uh, and I, I, I kind of feel similar about this one just because of the Case Keenum angle. If it was Stroud, I think, Jake, I think we'd feel pretty... I, I'll speak for myself. I'd feel pretty pessimistic about their chances of yeah, yeah. getting the job done in Houston against CJ Stroud, especially since it seems like Nico Collins will probably play. But I, I, I think my angle on the Texans is essentially that their success, their being kind of a year early, I guess is one way to say it, is to a certain extent a product of their schedule. If you look at their wins, they had a very impressive early season win against the Jaguars in Jacksonville. And then they beat up on the Steelers, which I think we have a little more context for now. They beat the Saints by a touchdown at home. They beat the Buccaneers by two points at home. Their best win probably is they played the Bengals before Joe Burrow got hurt in Cincinnati, and they got a 30-27 win. That feels pretty darn good as far as yeah signature NFL wins for a team in their situation goes. They also have that win against Denver just a few weeks ago, Stroud's last full game that kind of propelled them into the middle of this playoff conversation. And then obviously we know what happened two weeks ago. Stroud gets hurt against the Jets. They lose big time and then eke one out against the Titans last week. My my feeling is overall DVO basis, DVOA basis, they've played a, a bottom of the league schedule. I think they're a little bit of a product of their schedule. I, I mean, it, you talk about some of their losses on the flip side, right? They lost to the Falcons. 
in Atlanta. They lost to the Panthers in Carolina. They lost to the Jaguars at home a few weeks ago, and they lost to the Jets. So their losses are rough. So I think what you see overall is is an uneven team that on good weeks can play with anybody and on bad weeks can kind of get embarrassed a little bit. And I think that inconsistency combined with where they're at at quarterback, it feels to me like this is one of those games that could kind of roll up on them in the bad way. It's a real chance for the Browns to capitalize. And like, I I personally like that they won last week. And that is a sort of heightened sure. the Browns to what they can do with Keenum because the spot start for Keenum, you start to convince yourself this is going to be easy. But seeing them win last week hopefully heightens the amount of um what do you what do you call it? Proper fear to the to the situation, right? The proper yeah, respect that's necessary. It's and, definitely not the situation where they can walk into a a, a a road stadium and just expect to win, right? I think we had that feeling that they expected that when they went to Indianapolis mm-hmm. earlier in the season, mm-hmm. that the defense was playing with a ton of swagger after beating the 49ers and they thought they could just walk in and win that game. That's a good That's point. definitely not the case, even with Case Keenum. So, And they've referenced that, right? The yeah. the, the uh, little bit of arrogance that caught up with them at times this year. So, yeah, man, it's going to be an interesting football game. I think their style of play really can mess with Case Keenum. And I, and I hope that they're aggressive, not necessarily sending the house after him, but some of that man stuff with the low hole, high hole sitter uh, has a good chance to be effective. Bobby Sloak will definitely put together some things that they can do to beat that. So they need to be deceptive with it, but the vibe should be pretty strong that they can do some things. And the offense is just about taking care of the football and being opportunistic on their own end. So uh, yeah, this is a game. Again, I keep looking at and telling myself, you know, Case Keenum, Zach Wilson, Jake Browning. There's no better chance, especially the Bengals. Jamar Chase is beat up. Like there's just such a chance here to do some stuff that would be so cool. And you don't want to get out and too far in front of it. So you're trying to, you know, keep your mm-hmm. karma square, mm-hmm. not give the bad vibes out. Right. And, and, and the overconfidence, not that, that what I think, what you think, it doesn't mean anything to what actually happens, but, you just kind of want to be careful with that because, you know, the Browns are in good spot for the playoffs, but it hasn't happened enough and even remotely enough for us to be like, yeah, it's going to work itself out. Right. It's not there. We're not there. So we need to see them get it done. And they just have a great chance here to get it done, which is exciting with these three. Well, games. There's two ways they can get into the playoffs, Jake, that they can get into the playoffs. They've set themselves up to the point that they can get into the playoffs, maybe even going one and two down the stretch. They can certainly get into the playoffs going two and one and kind of bumbling their way through these games a little bit. They can also roar into the playoffs winning. What would that be five straight? So how would you rather do it? Right. I think that's where I'm at with the whole thing is there, there's some, there's some stuff percolating here with this team, with this defense. It's something that we've said for a little bit, but I'm starting to see it in the national media. I think Mina Kimes was talking about the Browns this week being a team that other teams in the AFC playoffs might not relish playing in the first round with the defense and a veteran quarterback that there's some things happening here where if the Browns go in winning five straight, whether or not they can fight back to win this division, they're in a really strong position as we've talked about as the five seed. And I think they would be in a strong position throughout the playoffs. The playoffs are a different animal. It comes down to that week's matchup. And there are teams at the top of the AFC that the Browns match up really, really well against the way they play ball. So I think the Browns have an opportunity here to just ride an absolute heater right into the playoffs and then kind of become a bowling ball full of knives that just everybody wants to avoid all the way through. And I, I as you said earlier this week, we're tired of putting a ceiling on it because who knows where it can go. I'm excited to see where it does. Two great opportunities in, in the next, what, week? Under a week's time here, which is crazy. And imagine a world where they take care of both of these, which is very plausible. And they got a real chance to go to Cincinnati and who knows what could happen because the Ravens, what they do over the next two weeks and two challenging games will tell the story. I am, I have, it's, it's rare to be this excited at the end of the year. Think That's about right. where we were last year, yes. think about where we were the year before God. Yes. The, the perpetual negativity <laughs> that was driven in those two years and, and 2020 feels like such a distant memory mm-hmm. and it was such a weird time in the world, mm-hmm. such a weird time in the football world that it, it's like. Uh, it's so appreciative of right now what they're doing and this, the stuff they're giving us to look forward to. And it's a stretch of like Christmas and a game and then a Thursday game. It's like, 
actually it would actually go game and then Christmas and then a Thursday game. It's just a fun like little week. And then you get to the bowl week stuff that comes after that with the big college football games, like buckle up, man, it's going to go quick and it's going to be fun. And we can't wait to cover it all for you. We'll obviously continue to do our immediate reaction pod right after the games. So keep an eye out for that with some fit check around that, some different things. We'll see how they travel. I like when they travel because they get a little bit more serious about the outfits, right? You know, yeah, you got to show out a little bit. So, and again, the, the, the environment, the Texans, I understand the Browns don't hold any animosity for the Texan side. The fans don't, right? There is a, even without Deshaun Watson playing, which Deshaun Watson, uh, I'd be remiss to not mention that he is going to be back in the building. Uh, I think next week, Kevin Stefanski said he'd been rehabbing right. out in LA, but he's going to come back. He's doing some events for the team. So uh, he'll be around a little bit, but there is a huge amount of animosity still about the Browns being the ones to trade for Deshaun Watson. So I'm sure it's still going to be pretty hostile down there, even if it doesn't include Watson. And then last thing I wanted to hit on before we go is that Anthony Walker did have a knee scope. Uh, Fred Greetham, our uh, beat reporter, uh, filled us in that he had a knee scope yesterday. So that doesn't end his season, but they're labeling him week to week. So we'll see about that. JOK is going to get an increased role. That's exciting. Talked about that yesterday. If you missed it or you missed time spent with Cody, uh, Cody Stutz, um, go check that out because he really covered the Texans well. So uh, we're going to get over to picks. But again, just to keep you apprised, Sunday get with Brad Ward, and then you'll have your immediate reaction podcast following the game as well. So keep your eye out for that. A lot of good stuff coming. Big games, big football games going to be arriving almost every day the rest of the way. Your Browns involved in quite a bit of those, which is really, really good stuff. All right, so we're going to switch over word from our sponsors, and then you're going to have some picks on your way out the door on this weekend episode. We will be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals, and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hype for all the fun you've had. So why would you go Game Time? They have flash deals, last-minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money, right? It's the fastest growing ticket out for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats. Like I said, before you buy them, you buy tickets in a matter of seconds and they're sent directly to your phone. All right. So you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that game time app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets, create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account, redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com, it is GameTime.co. But I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon, using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, it's on to Pick'em time. We are doing a significant number of bowls here, Andrew. The second week of bowl season is... 
pretty busy. So we're going to go holidays, through these happy, happy holidays, right? We're going to go through them quickly. Very mm-hmm. little banter. We're really doing this for your entertainment pleasure to poke fun at one of us. Last week on the college side, uh, it was not pretty for either of us. Three and six split that. And uh, let's just say if we were in a bowl pick them, we would not be sitting near the top. So, you know, again, reasons why you come to this podcast example, 744, right? So here we go. Uh, we're going to start off with the Friday game. We we had it on last week's slate, but we're going to pick it again because it's, it's, a not, it's a 630 kick. So we haven't it's a redo. seen we got to yeah, We haven't seen that game. So two six and sixers. We call these the the perfect game, perfect bowl game. There's a five mm-hmm. and seven Minnesota team. Didn't know mm-hmm. five and sevens yep, could get in, made but it. here we are. There's more bowls than there are good college teams. That's where we're at with things. Yeah, and we got to keep bowls alive, according to a lot of people. Here we go. Georgia Tech six and six. UCF six and six. Rapid fire. I'm taking the Knights. Who you taking? Same. All right. Same. Double up. There we go. That's your Friday game that we have on the slate. Now we get to. Saturday, which is packed. We have Troy laying seven with Duke in the 76 Birmingham Bowl. I am going to take Troy to cover that seven. I think Duke, without Riley Leonard, pretty decimated. Give me Troy. Yeah, that's tough. I, I'll get, take, give me the points. Duke is a is an ACC program. Okay, right on. Uh, next is uh, barely. Next is Arkansas State, Northern Illinois. Another of our six and six. It's just really beautiful symmetry there. Mm-hmm. Two mm-hmm. six and six teams in the Camilla Bowl. So or Camila. Camellia, Camellia, it's a, fl- it's a flower, not Carmelo. Um, here, <laughs> excuse me. Okay, so we have Arkansas State laying three in this game. I'm going to take Northern Illinois in the points. Same. Okay, next three thirty kick. James Madison eleven and one. Air Force eight and four. Mm-hmm. We have James Madison laying two, and this is the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. And I'm going to take for the symmetry of the Armed Forces Bowl. Give me Air Force. Give me the Falcons. Triple optioning their face off, and they're gonna they're gonna get those two points. I'll take them. This is such an interesting matchup, right? James Madison is the team that wanted to be uh, championship playoff eligible because they had a perfect season going going, and then they lost. Air Force, of course, one of the hardest teams to prepare for, as you just mentioned. I'll take the Dukes. James Madison. There we go. Next, we have another of our. We need a name for this, the six and six square offs. We call I, that the, me, the mediocre, mediocre. Uh, or like anything can happen. The anything can happen bowl. It's actually the famous Idaho potato bowl. Love that. We have uh, Georgia State and Utah State. And then we have Utah State laying a point and a half. Uh, mm-hmm. It could not be more ambiguous about how to, t- to go about this one. I guess I'll take Georgia State and, and uh, you know, the points, the point and a half. Yeah. When you're talking about teams like this, I don't know a single player on either team. Uh, I will take Utah State. Is Jordan Love still there? No? It's gone? Okay. (laughs) Maybe. Move on. Maybe. Um, Next is another one. Six and six. Mediocre Bowl. It's actually the 68 Ventures Bowl coin flip, but the line tells us they believe that uh, Southern Alabama and Eastern Michigan are the two teams that Southern Alabama is significantly better. They're laying 17 points. Wild line. I think that that wild line tells you to take Eastern. I'm going to get crazy. I'm taking South Alabama in a blowout. Wow. In the okay. 68 Ventures Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama. Mac Pride, give me the uh, Eastern Michigan. Is it the Eagles? They're the Eagles, right? They're the Eagles, correct. Now we have two more known programs. We have Utah and Northwestern. One one. For Utah, Northwestern overachievers, 7-5 and five in the SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl in Allegiant Stadium. It's going to be pretty, right? Nice stadium. Mm-hmm. Utah's laying 6.5. I'm going to take the Wildcats, man. I like the points. I like how feisty they've been. Give me the Wildcats. Agreed. Yeah, this is a classic situation where one team is clearly better than the other, so you take the team that is not the better team. Right on. Classic, as mm-hmm. he said. Seven and five. So we're a little better than the mediocre bowl. We're like two seven and five teams. Coastal mm-hmm. Carolina, San Jose State. This is the easy post Hawaii Bowl. It's obviously out in Honolulu. We have the Spartans of San Jose State laying nine points. I'm gonna take Coastal. I think Coastal's just I mean it's two teams that live on the coast. They know this life. They know the weather. <laughs> Right. You know, so that's not going to impact oh, either of them. But I've just, you know, hunching here that Coastal Carolina is going to just be more focused. Interesting. More, yeah. Longer uh, flight, I, though. Longer I, yeah. It's a, it's a it's a haul. I would say that Coastal Carolina is going to be uh, a little bit confused, uh, disoriented, because coastal life in Hawaii is very different from coastal life in Myrtle Beach. So I think they, they there's not enough T-shirt shops in Hawaii to kind of calm them down. So I'll take San Jose yeah. State. Yeah, none of spray paint on t-shirts. Exactly. Um, 
Next one we have on Tuesday now, the 26th, day after Christmas, I'm told. Bowling Green, 7-5 and five Falcons. They have uh, Minnesota, the 5-7, and seven, bowl eligible, Golden Gophers, the Quick Lane Bowl, Ford Field. So very local. We have Minnesota laying 3.5. So you can take Bowling Green's winning record and get some points, but I'm going to take Minnesota. I'll take the points. All right, there we go. Next is Texas State and Rice. Name your favorite player to ever play at Rice. Go. One, two, three. Name Gary it. Rice. That's not true. I'm going to go Sam McGuffey. Remember Sam McGuffey? Sure I do. Michigan running back transferred to Rice. Think you had a nice little run there, so I mm-hmm. just want to challenge you a little bit on that. Um, so Texas State's laying five and a half in the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl in Dallas, Texas at Gerald R. Ford Stadium. There we go. I'm going to take... I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take rice in the points. <laughs> this is getting like I'm getting a little bit dizzy from doing Me so too. many of these so fast. Uh, yeah, I'll take Texas State. Lay the points. Right. I like what we're splitting some of these up. Next, we have eight and four Kansas at UN. Well, they're not at anybody. It's eight and four Kansas, nine and four UNLV, guaranteed rate bowl Chase on a baseball field. field. On a baseball field in uh, Arizona, we have Kansas laying thirteen. I know you got a big Brennan Marion crush so I, that, I think i know who you're taking a crush yep it's a crush i'm you're definitely taking, taking those points absolutely okay i'm gonna take kansas by two touchdowns so give wow it to me. okay oh, yeah there we go next wednesday we're switching days we have virginia some of these programs will start to be a little more recognizable for you guys out there if you're fringe college football folks virginia tech and Tulane, six and six virginia tech 11 and two Tulane. but i don't think michael pratt is playing their quarterback Tulane is going to be an nfl quarterback um military bowl presented by gobowling.com you ever, you ever, you ever go to goalbowling.com? No, I'm guessing that's a site to help you book bowling lanes. Is that, is that what's going on there? I'll, yeah, I'll like go a, to it. Like a, like a golf now for bowling. I'm just uh, check that out. And that is exactly right. Yep. Mm-hmm. There we go. So if you guys want to book a lane, you know how to do it. Gobowling.com. Virginia Tech is laying 10 and a half. They're six and six against 11 and two, two lane and laying yeah. 10 and a half. I'm going to take two lane. <laughs> I'm taking two lane. They're, will, they're, uh, and I've heard that the two lane roster is offended by this line similar to the ravens traveling okay. out to san francisco so well that's point. all i had to hear i'll take the points too all right north carolina west virginia two eight and four teams the dukes mayo bowl so the winner of this game their coach is getting covered in a giant tub of dukes mayo it's at mm-hmm. bank of america stadium there and yeah. charlotte it is a west virginia laying six and a half line that is obviously indicative of drake may not playing in this game and i don't think um uh, Tez Walker's playing in this one either. So North Carolina going to get a look in the future for those Tar Heels. Uh, I yeah. think I'm going to take West Virginia to win by a touchdown. Agreed. It's important for Mac Brown's health. He's, he's an older gentleman. It's important that he not be slathered in Mayo. So uh, we need West Virginia to win this game. Yeah, it would be a really weird scene if he is slathered in Mayo. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see it. I'm going to pass. Louisville now, number 15. They face USC that has a bunch of shoulder shrugs on the field. I don't... Their young freshman quarterback uh, mm-hmm. is in the transfer portal. Caleb Williams not playing. USC seven and five. Louisville ten and three. It's the Direct TV Holiday Bowl. It's out at Petco Park. It's going to be baseball very field. beautiful. More baseball fields. We have Louisville laying seven and a half against USC, and I, I think I got to take it. I think I'm going to take Louisville. Yeah, really you got to lay those points. USC. USC. I mean, Lincoln Riley might not coach this game. Like they, they're so uninterested that the coach might just take it off. Has there been a bigger flip in perception of a program in one year? Like they have gone from like top of the mountain. People are loving this team, where they're going, the class, mm-hmm. all of it. And it's like mm-hmm. gone. You know, it's Jim Harbaugh and, and, and Lincoln who are well, looking for new jobs yeah. pretty soon. It wasn't one. It was like a few, right? I mean, there was there were signs even before when they struggled to beat Colorado. Mm-hmm. They struggled to beat Arizona at home. There were signs. And then they went on that streak of just couldn't get it done against. Sort of like Notre at, Dame, right? Yeah, you look at those losses there. They got blown out by Notre Dame in South Bend, and then it mm-hmm. was a close win to Utah, close win against Cal, close loss to Washington, close loss to Oregon, and then they lose to UCLA big. It, Yeah, there's just not a lot of resilience. They are, you know, they, they struggle in that specific regard, I think. The vibes, as they say, are not good. There it is. We'll leave it at that. Um, next, we have 9 o'clock kick. We have Texas A&M, 7-5, another team that's – all over the map. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have Oklahoma State ranked 20th in the Tax Act Texas Bowl. Tax Act Texas Bowl. There we go. Energy Stadium down there where the Browns will be visiting very soon. Um, Texas A&M is laying two. I know that Oklahoma State's stellar running back, who I believe won the Doak Walker, is transferring, mm-hmm. so he's not playing. Um, and Texas A&M, I think, has a deeper roster, even if 
they've seen some guys leave here and there. I'm actually kind of excited to see what Elko does down there because I think he's a really good coach, the former Duke coach that took the job there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the Aggies to kind of kick off the end of the season and roll into the next one. So I'm going to take them and lay the two. I will take the points. All right, there we go. Next, we have Thursday, December 28th, to put number 24, 11 and 2 SMU with Boston College, 6 and 6, and the Wasabi Fenway Bowl, another baseball field. SMU minus 10 on this one, laying 10. Did, I hope I said Wasabi, right? Did I get that right? You, you went for it, is what I would say. I, you know, Jordan Jordan encourages us to try. Yeah, to get you really, out there. You, you took a swing. All right, I did. Probably missed or a ground ball. Um, SMU laying 10 in this game. Yeah. I have to feel, I feel like I got to take that 10 Boston mm. colleges, mm. you know, not, not they're They're fine. They've been better. They overachieved early in the year, but I don't think they have closed very strong. So I'm gonna take SMU. Okay. Yep. Same. All right. Next we have the, <laughs> I'm, I'm not even editing that out. It's a, I can't, the bad boy mowers pinstripe bowl. Mm-hmm. Guess where it's at. Baseball field. Baseball field. Yankee stadium. <laughs> Rutgers in Miami. Miami gets a lot of great recruits kind of perpetually seven and five mm-hmm. so they've got that going for him uh it is espn's listing this miami laying a point half a point so it's mm-hmm. a pick them essentially here to me uh, i think i think i'm gonna go with miami probably just for sheer talent i think Rutgers is i think they're dealing with some guys leaving the program some very important defensive pieces if i recall are leaving the program so uh give me give me miami uh, in this one uh, the pick yeah. I like Miami here too. I don't have a ton of reasoning other than comparing the two programs. Next is actually a fun one. Two programs. This is a good one. Yeah, they don't get together often, but they they're 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 just programs that linger. Like they linger, yeah. and they're con- usually pretty good. NC State, uh, number eighteen in the country, nine and three against eight and four Kansas State, number twenty five in the country in the Pop Tarts Bowl. What's your favorite Pop Tart? Uh, I'm a chocolate Pop Tart guy. I like s'mores. Yeah, those really are good into too. the s'mores pop tarts. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so Camping World Stadium down in Orlando. It's going to be beautiful mm-hmm. weather. Kansas State's laying two and a half, and I think I'm going to take NC State in yeah. the points. Yeah, their their quarterback situation is real weird. I know they got a transfer guy in for next year, but uh, I well, like how the kid there has gone off to USC. Right, we actually have a very talented freshman at Kansas State who can run. Uh, really nice run. They started like, I do a lot of dynasty stuff. So I get in on the college side too. Mm-hmm. I did. I, this tells you how much, I don't know his name, but I've watched, like they were introducing him throughout the season. He had one game with like four touchdowns. Yeah. I don't know that they're going to be very good uh, with him is maybe the primary starter here, but he's actually had a pretty nice, I want to give you his name because I'm kind of paying attention. Avery Johnson is his name. Nice. Good so, name. Yeah, he's um, a very athletic kid, and I would imagine he's getting the start in this game, and I'm, I'm interested in that for that that one very specific reason. But I, but I do trust NC State to to win this game. I think yeah. they've been rolling lately. This is a little bit of a side note, but it, when playing NCAA uh, football on console back in the day, I always liked it when my best players had good names like that. Have to. Sometimes they would have names that were just, you just, it sounded wrong, you know, and like there would be like, it would be like Kurt Curtis and you're like, well, that's not, nobody would actually be named that. They made a lot of white cornerbacks. Right. And yeah, then the name would be wrong. And it's just like, this isn't real. But Avery Johnson as like a two way threat quarterback just sounds right. right. Five-star athlete. I love it. Yeah. I love it. That's that's fantastic. Are you going to get, are you uh, uh, caring enough about this a decade later to get in? I'll be back in. I I mean, I hope I I probably won't do it ahead of time. I will wait to see. It's like that golf game that we played a few times. And then you found out that you can't play anything other than stroke play against each other. And it's just super limited. Like, yeah, some of these video games, they're selling the sizzle and not the steak. And uh, so I, I've stopped buying things before I have a good sense of what's in the package. Speaking of sizzle, we have the Sizzlers Bowl. I'm just kidding. I made that up, but it sounded pretty <laughs> real, didn't it? it? Sounded pretty real. Uh, so the next one, who do, who do we pick? Did we both pick NC State? Yeah, we both um, got the Wolf pick. All right. So the, the last game on Thursday is uh, a fun one. Arizona, yeah. Oklahoma. It really Valero, sticks that this Alamo is... Bowl. This is opposite the Browns game. It's this is no it's no fun. We won't get to watch a second of this. Yeah, I've been really interested in Arizona all year. And Oklahoma, obviously, Dylan Gabriel, their their stellar quarterback transfer to Oregon, but they have a young kid, a five star quarterback freshman who saw very limited time but looked promising. Uh, Jackson Arnold. Uh, I'm going to be very interested to see him play. Arizona's laying three. I think I'm going to take uh, take the Sooners 
uh, and the points in this one. But I mean, I think it's it's almost worth like going back and rewatching this game because they're two very fun programs on the up and up here. So, um, yeah, this is a fun one to pick. We're going to get into the really fun games for next week, obviously. But yeah, g- give me the uh, give me the Sooners in this one. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will lay these scant points with the Wildcats. I, I like Arizona a lot. We we talked about them a little bit during the season. Uh, what their head coach, whose name I am blanking on right now, Jed, Jed Fish. Fish. Right? Yeah, yeah it, what he's doing is really cool. So I like them better than uh, the Sooners here in this one. I hope Arizona can keep things going financially. There was some stuff mm-hmm. about like their athletic departments kind of overspent or something along those lines. So I hope that doesn't come back to ruin what is a pretty good situation for that program because I think college football is more fun when the air, two Arizonas and Arizona State are mm-hmm. competitive. Um, mm-hmm. Last one we're going to pick is a noon kick, the Friday, December 29th game. We'll usually record after this one, so we want to get this one on the docket. Clemson, Kentucky, which has a chance to be a funny game. Kentucky's doing really well in the transfer portal right now. Mm-hmm. Stoops just perpetually gets a lot out of his talent. Uh, I know Clemson is underachieved, but they're on the up and up at the end of the year, so uh, I think it should be an interesting Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. It's down in Jacksonville. <laughs> Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Um, it is Kentucky seven and five, Clemson eight and four, and Clemson's laying four and a half. And I think I'm going to take Clemson. I want the points. All right, there we go. We picked a lot of bowls quickly, and uh, hopefully you guys didn't get a uh, you know snap back. Wake up, everybody. We're mm-hmm. back. NFL. Yep. Here we go. Time for the um, real sport. Real sport week fifteen. Let's rehash. Not your best week, Andrew keep it at that yeah we could just move on to week 16 i'm good with it jake seven six and two andrew four nine and two so here are our records 67 64 and five for me andrew 62 68 and five you got to really make up some ground here man um yep. and you know these weeks uh, yeah. can got swing three weeks quickly. to come back yeah you got time uh you actually have a, a game to pick too i did a pick them uh, so i took an underdog and took them straight up so you have the ability to do that whenever you like i'm, I'm one up on you on that so here we go we have, uh, starting off, uh, Bengals-Steelers in a very important game for the Bengals. I mean, I guess it still is for the Steelers, but they're mm-hmm. not. They're starting Mason Rudolph, so how serious are they really taking it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, we have the Steelers getting three points at home. I think, I actually think I'm going to take the Steelers and the points in a weird game. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, you didn't even wow went, me twice with Carolina. I took Carolina no. last week and you didn't That's wow right. me twice. Yeah. Uh, I, if I agree with you in principle, but I think the Mason Rudolph stuff is just too, too rough. So I, I got to take the bill, uh, Bengals. All right. We'll revisit that one. That's a fun mm, one. To we look will. Back on. All right. Bills chargers. Bills are laying 12 and a half. It is a very yike situation for the chargers, even though they're at home, but that's not really home for them. So I will take, the Bills with a 14, a couple touchdown victory. So I'm comfortable with that. I know there aren't any actual Chargers fans, but can you imagine if you were like the only Chargers fan and you had to watch the end of this season? Yeah, the, this is, it's very reminiscent of some seasons we've watched, right? right. Where it's like, oh, who's playing quarterback? Oh, God, that's right. And the, the coach got fired because he gave up, he's a defensive coordinator and he gave up 63 points to Aiden O'Connell yeah. and the yeah. Raiders. Yeah, so it feels like a very Browns thing we've watched over the years. It, yeah, the Chargers truly are now. I, I, it, We'll talk about this more once we get into the offseason and, and the hiring stuff starts up. But people are going to say that job is appealing because of the quarterback. But I think the truth of it is that that job and that quarterback are in jeopardy of being wasted by bad owners. I think that's the reality more than anything. Uh, so I'm, I'm with you laying the points with the Bills. Those are your two Saturday games, that Bengals-Steelers 4.30, 8 o'clock Peacock game uh, there on, on uh, yeah, I, Monday night. I heard that that Peacock game. It's a shame that it's such a bad game. That game is going to have no commercials in the fourth quarter. Well, that's just exciting. So tune in for the fourth quarter when it's 48-7, to 7 and you don't have to deal with any commercials, folks. All right, Sunday, 1 o'clock kicks. We've got quite a few of them. Here we go. We have Colts-Falcons. The Falcons are laying two and a half at home against yep. the team in the Colts. I know the Falcons are still hypothetically alive, but I feel like the Falcons are quitting on their coach, man. I mm-hmm. feel like it's all falling apart and Arthur mm-hmm. Smith is going to be on the chopping block. I'm taking the Colts, man. I'm, I'm getting yeah. points like right on. Same. This line is way off. And typically when those things happen, you should absolutely not bet the side that you think is undervalued because it the, means that Vegas knows something you don't. But uh, they're getting Jonathan it, Taylor back. It looks it, like yeah. I, I don't, no. I don't. In this case, this is just don't don't outsmart yourself. Take the team that has a good coach, not the team yeah. that has a coach that is really seems like trying to get himself fired. 
he's working that direction. Next, we have Seahawks at Titans. Seahawks obviously fighting to, to put themselves into the playoffs. Titans season is coming apart here. I don't know. Is Will Levis playing? I don't I don't think he's playing. Is I don't he? think he is, but I do think Geno is. Okay, so you're, laying, you're talking about Seahawks laying three and a half on the road, and I feel comfortable taking that Seahawks side of that one. I'm going to take the Titans. There it is. Wow. Wow. Oh, mm-hmm. we're not doing that? Okay. My bad. There we go. Good split, though. I hate I hate that Steelers, but I'm actually regretting it now. <laughs> the guy who's always ready to bury the Steelers decided, hey, let's lead yeah, off. Yeah, I want Mason Rudolph. I can't wait. I'll right, be Vikings. texting you tomorrow afternoon. Don't worry. Yeah, I'm going to punch myself in the face. Vikings 7-7 seven and seven, hosting the 10-4 and four Lions. Lions are still fighting. They got a chance mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. put themselves into a good position in the playoffs. They're laying three on the road against Nick mm-hmm. Mullins' Vikings group. I think I'm going to take the Lions in this one. I am taking the Vikings because this is the uh, Brian Flores working magic against a Jared Goff type situation. I think the I think Flores has Goff's number a little bit and will scheme some stuff up. And I think the Vikings. The, the trouble with the Vikings is the quarterback situation. Even if like last week they were absolutely the right side against the Bengals and they still managed to lose that game because the quarterback situation is just so rough there. Yeah, yeah. So it's tough. It's I mean, if Kirk Cousins was healthy, man, this Vikings team would be they would be going places. Agreed. It's a bummer for them. Uh, Next is uh, uh, Commanders Jets in the Who Cares Bowl Mm -hmm. presented by GoDaddy. Um, (laughs) It's at it's at New York. Four and ten Commanders, five and nine Jets. Yeah, it's the Jets laying three. If I can take the better quarterback, I think Trevor Simeon was announced to be the starter today. I get the better quarterback in Sam Howell. Mm -hmm. I will take that route um, and get the three points. So give me the Commanders. I'm going to take the Jets here just from the standpoint that I think there's only one good unit out of these four units, if you can say that, and it's yeah. the Jets' defense, so I'll, I'll take Fair. them. Fair. All right, Packers at Panthers. Uh, Panthers really feeling themselves, ready to get back alive and take that number one pick away from the Bears, right? right. Um, don't think it's going to work out for them, though. It is in Carolina. Green Bay's laying five, but I think they went by a touchdown, so I'll take the Packers. Yeah, I have some questions about the Packers, but largely they're on defense. And if there's one team that's not really well positioned to take advantage of a, 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 a an iffy Packers defense, it's the Panthers. So I agree with you. It's very high. You know, typically a team that's really struggling in the Packers going on the road laying five, you would hesitate. But the Panthers, man, it's just that's not enough points. I, if it got out to a touchdown, it would I would change my tune. Now we have Browns Texans. It's the Browns laying three on the road. I mean, I think that we all think Case Keenum starting gives the Browns this clear advantage until I see the Browns really show up on the road the right kind of way. I, I don't I don't love ever taking them giving points, but you know, I I feel like the line is almost perfect, Andrew, where the Browns do win by three. Like if I could take the long odds for a push here, like I would do it. But mm-hmm. We uh, don't, don't do that around here. So I will, uh, I'll take the Browns to win by four. Let's say 24, 20. So I'll take the Browns to cover the three points. Yeah. I, I feel pretty good about this one. I felt better about the Browns recently. And I think the drop off from, from Stroud to Case Keenum is significant. Tank Dell is still, even though it sounds like they're getting Nico Collins back. And then on the other side, it sounds like Will Anderson doesn't play. So you're not as worried about their pass rush without him. I think I think the Browns are weirdly due for a better than expected performance on the road, and I think it's this one, so I will lay the three points. They are due. It would be a really good time to have that come together. Um, it'd be a good time to have a road blowout win because that's kind of what I'm thinking. That's kind of what I'm feeling into. Yeah. 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 I want I want that to happen badly. Um mm-hmm. four o'clock kicks now. We have four oh five Jags at Bucks. Looks like CJ Beathard's gonna start Trevor Sim or sorry, Trevor Lawrence still dealing with concussion protocol and hasn't been out on the field. So people covering this one are pretty much banking on Beathard playing. Tampa's only laying two and a half against CJ Beathard. I'll take Tampa all day. Can I just get one thing off my chest here? I, I do not understand when this is a, this is an East coast game, right? Bucks Jaguars. The Vikings are in the central time zone. They're, they're hosting a one o'clock game. Why does that ever happen? It, as somebody that lived in the central time zone for a long time, the, it the extra hour does matter and it it's it's hard to get yourself to a stadium by noon right get get your whole day started that much earlier yeah. i don't understand why the bucks jaguars is a four o'clock kick um i agree I, with that Doesn't the nfl make, does some weird small. scheduling stuff but as far as the game goes yeah i'm laying the points right on all right 425 now bears hosting the cardinals 
in a big shrug your shoulders bowl here. Uh, if I was the Bears, I'd be trying to lose this type of game if I could yeah. if I could find a way because you just want that pick to be as good as possible after you're – I think they're eliminated officially after that Browns loss. They had to win out essentially to have anything I work in their right. favor. Uh, the Bears are technically laying four. Kind of smells to me like a game where the Cardinals show up and maybe lose by a field goal. So I'm going to take the Cardinals and the points on this one. I'm going to take the uh, Bears here because I think that they really are turning a corner, and I do think that this coaching staff is coaching for their jobs, which is why they won't tank in the situation. So I think they're That's they're fair. motivated. Their quarterback is playing for his job too. Right, exactly. Yeah. I think there's a lot of motivation throughout that team to finish the season strong and really trick the owners and president of the Bears into giving them another year. I can't wait to see what they do. Next, we have 425 main, a big kick here. We have Dolphins. This is the one. Dolphins needing to prove to themselves that they can beat a team that matters. Their strength of victory is so bad this year, even though they're blowing those teams out and they're a good football team, but they haven't beat anyone that matters. They host the Cowboys. Cowboys coming off getting their butts kicked on the road in Buffalo. It's a good opportunity for the Dolphins. They're only laying a point, so there's not much confidence they can get this done. I think Tyreek Hill plays. It doesn't, uh, doesn't have good vibes around either teams. You're kind of like, can the Dolphins do this? And then you know, the Cowboys on the road haven't been very good. Uh, so it's really, really a pick them. But if I can get the Cowboys in a point, I think I'm going to take the Cowboys here. Yeah, I'm with you on the Cowboys here. I think that the Dolphins are the same sort of paper tiger we've talked about all season. I am not. Like midseason, you and I turned the corner on, oh, like they're mm-hmm. just going to beat the shit out of bad teams mm-hmm. and they can't beat anybody relevant. Yeah, right? and I think that the – Cowboys uh, defense is a pretty good matchup for what the Dolphins want to do in terms of like having a ton of speed. So I think the Cowboys actually match up pretty good. The question I have is, is what does the Cowboys offense against the Dolphins defense look like? And I, that one's harder for me to predict, but yeah, given the short line and it feels like the Cowboys won't be a gigantic road underdog here in terms of the fans and that sort of thing. So yeah, yeah, I'll take the Cowboys. All right. And it's nice weather too. I mean, like Miami, Miami when it's it's scorching hot is different than 76 degrees or whatever, right? right? Broncos hosting the Patriots. They're only giving a touchdown here. I mean, I don't know. This this feels like a game where Denver just lets them hang around, doesn't it? It's an 8-15 kick and like the Broncos are teetering. I think they win. I have such a hard time with seven. That's probably a good push number. Mm -hmm. So I think I'll end up taking Denver because they're at home here. Um, and knowing that if I, even if they just win by a touchdown, I push out of it. So I'll, I'll take, I'll take Denver here. I'm going to take the points. I, I don't have a reason for you. it other than just what, you know, who knows, man. I, I don't, I don't know what to expect from the Patriots at this point, but I, it, it's still hard for me to believe that they would get to like tanking levels of bad down the stretch with Bill Belichick as the head coach. Yeah, me, I would agree with that. And it feels like, again, to take care of the ball makes things hard for Denver. Right. Yeah. Um, all right, now we get to Monday. We get a 1 o'clock Monday Christmas Day kick. These poor teams that have to play and miss Christmas so Day. So weird. Family. So weird. Who wants to do this at, at 1? Yeah. Joel Batonio was talking about this yesterday where he's like, you know, we, we play football for a living, so we can't really bitch, but it sucks. Like it just sucks. So 1 o'clock on Christmas Day feels like I, it's yeah. just going to be a bad game. <laughs> I, get a, I get a Christmas night. That's a totally different, you know, I mean, one team has to travel still unfortunate for them. I would be fine if these guys didn't play at all, but obviously with TV money being the biggest part of all of this, that there's got to be sports of all sorts. I'm surprised baseball doesn't have a a special extra world series game on Christmas day or something. So Dodgers will fund it. (laughs) I'm going to take the the points. Uh, uh, Raiders are getting 10 here. I'm going to take the points with the Raiders just because until proven otherwise, I don't trust the chiefs with a big spread. Well, I'll trust them. Give me the Chiefs. We'll just be on the opposite end of the spectrum. I don't trust them, but I'm saying for the sake of this, I kind of make my right eye is twitching. I trust them. Um, Eagles need everything they can get the rest of the way to keep themselves alive because there is a chance the 49ers drop a game um, the rest of the way, and you never know. So they're still hungry. They're obviously fighting for the division, which matters a ton. They host the Giants. They're laying 13 and a half. It feels like a game where they're trying to put the point number high that you don't feel comfortable taking it. I think they win like 34-20, and I I feel comfortable taking 14. So it's a big number, but I will take Philly. I really don't know what to think about what's going on with the Eagles, but I do know that Matt Patricia is their defensive coordinator now calling (laughs) plays. Bad vibe move. God, That's all I need to know. So give me those 13 points. Yeah, they deserve what's coming, actually. They really on, do. I, and on the hat pecker head that guy is. I, I, 
they have got a ton of credit over the years for the stability. They do not feel stable right now. Shane Steichen, stock up. That Eagles that's offense it. without him. You know, that's it. It is. Uh, somebody asked, like, what is Nick Sirianni doing then? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> he was the OC over Steichen in Indy, which is kind of right. what's funny. All right, right. The big one of the week, the one that we're all eyes on is Ravens, especially if the Browns win. This becomes really, really important, even more important. Yeah, 11, I'm going to have a 49ers hat somewhere in my closet or something. <laughs> right on, man. So you get two 11 and three teams. You could call this a border. I mean, these are your two onesies, a borderline Super Bowl prediction. Uh, Ravens at 49ers, 8-15 kick. The 49ers, you know, getting a lot of pushback on this, but they're laying five. And I think I got the Niners by a touchdown. Wow. Okay. All right. I am definitely taking these points because I go. agree with Kyle Hamilton. I, I think th- – the more that I've looked at it, I do think the line is out a little bit, and I think the Ravens' defense is probably getting slept on because of the Browns' defense. Mm-hmm. And so I think that dynamic comes into play here where the Ravens' defense kind of surprises. I don't know if I think Baltimore wins this game, but I do think it's a field goal game. Right on. All right. I hope we it's did. a good one. We deserve we a, a good one. we got a bunch of split games here, so it'll be a moving day is what we'll call it before the go. final two weeks, where I think even the final two weeks it gets even more predictable. Right. So we're probably going to match up in a lot of games. Hey, uh, looking at this uh, slate, I am going to add a money line on the uh, Vikings. There you go. Good call. So there you go. There we go. All right, guys. That's a wrap. Picked a lot of games. Um, hopefully you didn't snooze through the back half of this podcast. But I think the NFL slate is starting to get really fun. Really, really fun looking at these teams that are really fighting for the playoffs. And your Browns being in the thick of that makes it even better. So that's it for this episode thanks to andrew for stopping by appreciate so many of you guys supporting the podcast as you have recently i can't you know state that too many times it means the world to us it has helped us immensely and it will continue to help us through the new year and pushing into making this podcast better than ever as we form this great community uh, with plenty of information to come on that promise to deliver it to you and uh, i can't wait to do it so uh, for andrew and myself we appreciate you making this podcast a part of your weekend uh, your saturday or sunday whenever you're finding it and uh, have a great week and have a great Christmas. We're going to start saying that a little early here, but uh, however you're celebrating the holidays, I hope that's going well. And uh, I hope you're uh, prepping and getting close to Christmas here. I hope that's uh, going well for you uh, as well and getting some time off work and all that stuff too. So thanks for making this pod a part of that endeavor. So have a great Saturday, Sunday, whenever you're finding this. And we always close with Bill Browns. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.